Ulan or what not, they get you all this kind of thing. Um, and, uh, and the takeaway that I had from uh, this morning's uh, uh, devotional uh, was that everybody has a specific task. Everybody has a specific task. So somebody can read the tent, somebody can read the curtain, somebody can read the pole. Um, and it is not, uh, and, and if you look at the book of Numbers, right, he um, didn't actually say who is the guy who is the worship leader, he didn't say who is the guy who is doing the sharing or the testimony, yeah. but he, they named the guys who are doing the, the, what would ordinarily be considered, I suppose, the menial task. Lah. Yeah. So what I want to say, everybody here, uh, is that everybody has this very specific task that God has set you up for uh, in uh, the workplace. Um, Matthew chapter 9 verse 37 says the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest it's great that we have these gatherings um, and as I say one of the reasons I, I don't make a habit of doing this very often to, to, to believers because sometimes I feel that when we have groups of believers what we do is we end up talking to each other uh, when we have a far more important task to do and that task is to go out um, into the harvest field. Um, I was uh, just last week in New York. I, and I apologize for abandoning my slides, but I felt this is something I needed to share with you. I was in New York recently, um, and so it was a Sunday, and my wife and I decided we needed to go to church. So we went to find a church, and it was a beautiful church. Um, not the Gothic type. It's like more than one like this, but uh, this place is really nice, I must say. But the one that we went to is even nicer. So really nice seats, and behind it's glass, and behind the glass there are actually trees. So as you worship, you can actually see trees behind. You know, it's, 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 it's gorgeous. Um, and the service time is 11 o'clock. So uh, I see one or two people here from SBC as well. So those from SBC one, you all know we have a rule. You arrive. On, in service, on time, or you don't arrive at all. Why? Because you honour God. If you're not on time, I'm sorry, you come for the next service. Because if you wouldn't be late to meet the Prime Minister, you shouldn't be late meeting God. Because that's our rule. It keeps sounds a bit harsh, like, but we're used to it. Huh? The SBC ones, we're not used to it. So, we arrive, 11 o'clock, we sit down. Huh? There's nobody. The only, my wife and I are the only ones on time. 11.03, 11.04, 11.05, finally the worship leader turns up. Then at about 11.08, then people start coming in. So we are thinking, why are they on? Okay, then start worship everything. And the service lasted about maybe an hour, an hour and a half. And my conclusion at the end of the whole thing, I don't know what the guy said. Because all he was saying was words. Just like saying now, words. But what is required is a call to action. And that's what I hope to do for you all today. Not words. And that's why I'm very cautious about meetings of Christians. When we meet as Christians, there must be a so what. There must be a call to action. So that's what I'm going to try to share with you today. Alright? So we'll go to the next slide. So this is the verse I wanted to share with you. From Acts chapter 17, verse 26. It's actually one of my wife's favorite verses. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked, them, marked out their appointed times in history 
and the boundaries of their lands. One man, appointed times, appointed lands. The importance of one man. God uses people and individual people. He uses you. He doesn't use necessarily someone else. He uses you and he doesn't just use a group. He uses you. He uses Abraham. He uses Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, Esther, Daniel, Jonah, John the Baptist, Jesus, Peter, Paul, Glenn, Eli. He uses individual people. God doesn't use committees. He doesn't use groups. He uses people. One man. You are important. Appointed, appointed time. What is the appointed time? Sometimes we think, is it tomorrow? Is it next month? Is it next year? <coughs> most of the time, I can tell you the answer is now. Uh, most of the time, the answer is now. Our favorite uh, is wait, pray for it. The important, uh, I'm not saying important, but the important, important to wait on the Lord, important to pray. But very often, uh, the answer is now. After you wait, you pray on the Lord. Lord, where did he tell you now? Is it really? No, the answer now means now. Now means now. And even if now is not the time for something, I'm almost certain, right, that it is the time for something else. There should not ever be a time where you say, now is the time for nothing. Never. Always now is the time for something. If you feel that there's nothing happening, right? Something is wrong. You're missing something. If God has put you on earth every second, every minute, every hour, He has appointed times for you. Always there's something. Maybe it's not now the time for your colleague sitting next to you, but now is the time for the colleague sitting three rows ahead. There's always a now. There's always a now. Appointed time. Appointed lens. Where you are is a pointed, not random. You look around, who's here, who's there, what needs to be done. Myself, Luke and I, uh, what we do every month is we distribute bread uh, to uh, rental blocks. And what I do is I tell my cell members, each of us own certain floors, so we don't randomly do floors. Huh? So we've done this for five, six, seven years already, and we always do the same floors. So for me, I always did floor 5 and 6. But because we changed, the, just recently we had to change floors. Huh? But the reason is because we changed the, the, the people who were involved. But the point is, everybody owns the floor and owns the people. You, I tell my, my guys, you are the king and the queen of floor 7, 8, 9. You are the king and the queen. You, that is your appointed land. So, he set the times, he set the boundaries. What are the times and the boundaries for you? And what will happen when you take hold of these appointments? Did you guys watch this movie called Risen? Uh, it had one of, uh, what was the name of the actor? Uh, I forget his name, but anyway, there's this movie, uh, Risen, right? basically about this Roman centurion who was about trying to find uh, the the, the apostles after Jesus uh, has risen. Yeah? And um, so there is a particular scene where this centurion is talking to Bartholomew, one of the apostles, right? So he's captured Bartholomew. 
And he goes to Bartholomew and he says, I ask you one last time, where are the other disciples? He wants to capture the disciples. Where are the other disciples? I will not ask you again. Tell me and you are free. And Bartholomew looks at him and says, give me your word. And the centurion says, my word. Where are they? And Bartholomew goes up to him really close and whispers in his ear, they are Everywhere. And when we take hold of our destiny to say, I'm that one man, the appointed time is now. These are my appointed boundaries. Then we can fulfill this. The disciples, the apostles are everywhere. <coughs> I got 13 minutes. Next slide. The next verse I wanted to share with you is this. This is one of my favorite verses. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's you, as I've been saying, it's yours to win and it's yours to lose. You are a specific handiwork, that's what the, the word says. Created to do good works, not just any good works, but prepared in advance for you to do. It's meant to be. It's as if there is a newspaper for January 1st, 2018 and it already says what you're going to do. It's done. So you must, this, this, everything that you've gone through, your childhood, your, your career, your interests, your personality, your friends, everything is prepared for you in advance so that you can do these good works. And don't do these good works because it's a burden, but do it because it's your privilege. One of my, my, self, my, my church friends uh, has a really good way of saying this. You know when, you, when somebody asks you to do something for the Lord, right? Sometimes you, one of the things that we have to do very often uh, is this thing called prayer tower. Prayer tower is, so my church, we are, we are fortunate to be large enough, so we run a 24-7 prayer tower. So every day of every week, Except during service times, there is somebody who is inside the room, three, four, five people, and we are praying 24 hours. 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., there's somebody praying. Yeah? So the 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. duty are the worst. Huh? Nobody likes that. Huh? Nobody comes, you see. Then sometimes it's just you and the dog. Okay? So, <laughs> but the attitude that we take, this is what my friend said, my self friend tells me, right? My church friend tells me, it's not, I have to do it. No. I get to do it. So that's the, the mentality. Right? I get to do it. I get to do it. Not I have to do it. Yeah? The doing the bread distribution, right, is an endless source of stories. So I'll go back to the break. Recently I was praying for this old lady in the in, in the blog. Right? And uh, as I was saying to you, I normally cover five, I've been covering floors five and six for the last six years. Recently, I changed to floors 11 and 13. So I took floors 5 and 6, I gave it to one of my members, new member, but because I felt that the ground is already so well sold by me, I can give to, to another, another newer person to do. So she, she, she said, okay, I will be the queen for that, for these floors. But I miss my old friends on floors 5 and 6. So I finished 11 and 13, I run back down to floor 5 to go and look at them. 
and visit them. So there was this old lady who has a sores on her foot. So I prayed for her. I wanted to pray for her. But before I do that, I asked the new queen, because I'm the old king, so I asked the new queen, a new queen, would you like to pray for this old lady? And she said, uh, no, nah, I think you pray. So, okay, nah, fine. I didn't think anything of, anything of it. So, okay, great, fine. So I prayed for the, for the old lady. And like half an hour later, like, after we finished, right, she, you know, she texted me. And then you know what she said? She said, Glenn, you know what? I regret it. I regret uh, that I had the chance to pray for the old lady. Because you know what I prayed? I prayed that, uh, that uh, the old lady has sores. I said, the next time I meet you, the sores will be healed. No more. So the next time, I might not be there, ma, but she will be there. Then she missed the chance. You know what she missed? She missed the chance for what? For her prayer to be answered. Now become my prayer, ma. She regret it. Don't let this be. This is a small thing. Man. I'm very happy you know, to see my self members coming to me. I regret that I did not serve more. But that should be our attitude. So don't go away and you miss a chance. In your workplace, uh, your, the guy sitting next to you, in front of you, beside you, on top of you, below you, they may not always be there. Next day, resign. Then how you never see the guy again? You say, I regret that. Don't regret. Now is the time. It's yours to win. It's yours to lose. Next I have is this big crown, a royal position. So I talked to you about my wife's favorite verse, I talked to one of my favorite verse, my pastor's favorite verse. And who knows that you have come to your royal position for such as this, Esther chapter 4, verse 14. Actually, her favorite verse is the part that says, uh, uh, if I perish, I perish, uh, but close enough. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's somewhere around there. So, God has put you in a position of authority whether in your home as a spouse or as a parent or in the office. And regardless, this is regardless of your seniority. And you have to believe that, that yes, it can be you. Though small God makes you big, He looks on the inside. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 17. Samuel says to Saul, Although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? Then later he tells to David, people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 15, he says to Gideon, How can I uh, rather Gideon says, How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest, I am the least in my family. But in all those cases, God chose, as Isaiah was saying at the start, right? The small things, the small people to do it. When we do the bread distribution, we're doing a small thing. Frankly, I tell you, they don't need our bread. They're not starving. Singapore, very good one. Very few starving people. They don't need it. But, so therefore, we're doing a small thing. We're not saving lives, frankly, other than in the spiritual sense. But, though we do these small things, our identity as we do these small things, as I tell my guys, is king, queen. We have positions of authority. Now, there are some of us uh, who have the privilege of being in worldly positions of authority. Now, for those of you who are in worldly positions of authority, like Spider-Man, uh, with great what power comes great responsibility. Worse, uh, 
So for the, all of those of you, if you find, and I'm sure a cool here aspire to be leader and boss, right? Sure have, but don't bluff. <laughs> I'm sure many people aspire. So if you aspire to that, make sure you understand it comes along with that great responsibility as well. So what is that authority to be used for? It is used to intercede, to speak up for the poor, the weak, the wrong, to do the right thing, to inspire your colleagues to do the right thing, to inspire your bosses to do the right thing. If not, then what we are doing is we are a get to the next story. If not, what we are doing is abdicating. Abdicating means what? Give up, nah. The one to do it more. If that is the case, then God will send someone else to do it. No need to worry. You fail, God will get the job done, man. But do you want that to happen? As the chapter four verse thirteen says, do not think. That because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. So like my pastor like to say, God put you in position, then what? If I perish, I perish. So those are the three verses I wanted to share with you. Um, one man, appointed times, appointed places. Good works prepared in advance for you to do. And then we are put in positions of authority in our homes, in our offices, in our families for such a time as this. So what can we do? We are the Bible for our pre-believing colleagues. We demonstrate our witness as to God's reality through our fruitfulness, through our righteousness, through our love. What I mean by that? Fruitfulness. What it means is we go to the office and we work hard. And we don't go down there and slack off. Okay? We work hard. But we also show that we respond in trust to setbacks. My wife has a mug at home and it says, Every blessing you pour out, Lord, I'll turn back to praise. It's a song, right? What's the next verse of the song? When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. So this is a really great philosophy to bring into your workplace as well. When things go well, you turn the praise back to God. Always make sure, thank God for that. You get promotion, you get a deal, whatever it is. Make sure you give credit to the person who did it for you. God, say, be brave to say it. When things go wrong, also, don't go down in the dumps and all that. You must be different from your colleagues. When you lose, when you don't get promoted, when you get a crack bonus, how do you react? How do you show God is in charge? In righteousness, do the right thing, model godly values, be persistent in doing good. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. My job, one of my com portfolios is compliance. Uh. We basically tell people not to do naughty things. Yeah. So, quite often uh, you tell people do this or don't do this. I'm sure many of you will do this, don't, 
may not be compliance, uh, maybe something else. Uh, do this. Then the fellow tell you, no one. Then how? If that's the right thing to do, what do you do? If it's your boss. I, I give you a practical tip. Uh, what's a practical tip? Five him, punch his nose, no lah. What do you do? Walk away. Then you know what? Pray. Then after that, what? Come back. Can you do A? He said no. Okay. You walk away. The next day you come back. Hey, can you do A? No. Okay, come back. <laughs> you walk away. The next day you come back again. I tell you, you will wear it down. <laughs> you know why? Because most people don't want to be bad people. I tell you, most people actually don't want. Because they're on the spot, like, you tell them, uh, don't do this thing, uh, they cannot, I must, have the, I must close this deal. You stall him. You let him steam for like one night, uh, that he's actually being a bad guy, and you come back to him. Can you do A? Higher chance of changing, man. Right? Try. Uh, you try, okay? Next time you want him, you tell somebody to do the right thing, he refuses, you walk away. Don't concede, uh, don't you say yes, don't you say no, just walk away. Come back to him, keep wearing him now. I've done this to my boss many times then. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I think he fed up, said, okay, 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 you do, you do. I do, I do, I do. It works, huh? but you must be patient, must be thick skinned, must be persistent. Okay? Love, care about your colleagues, ask, pray for them, keep tabs on their concerns. If you don't dare to voice it out, huh? there's this thing that really, really helps. Huh? WhatsApp. Come be useful, I want that. I don't dare to say, how are you? Are you doing okay? Are you feeling sad? I don't dare to do that. But what's happening? That one easy. No, how are you? Try. Okay, try. So easy to do. What's that? Don't even need to 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 blush when you're doing it because you're doing it remotely, ma. If you can do what's that to go is to gossip over your friend, how come you cannot use what's that to say how are you? It's very funny to say how are you. I don't understand that because in the in the office you want to have a professional relationship. Try. You do that. Meet for lunch. Be disciplined about it. Some of you have heard me say this before. I wear a robot when I have a list. People I meet for lunch. On my laptop, I showed people before also. On my laptop, I have a post-it. You know what the post-it for? Do it, for those to do this. Have, right? I'm sure every morning, some of you put it on your phone. Some of you put it on your computer. Some of you put it on, use the put it on the board, I put, take a post-it, I post it, I put it on my laptop. You know why every day you put laptop, the things there. So I have a to-do list, what I need to do at my work. Then there's another post-it, uh, you know what's the, the other post-it? Names of people I have to reach out to. Because that's important. It's just as important as my to-do list for today. Anybody want to try? Go back this afternoon, you take one post-it, very easy, it only take you one minute. Any. Take a post-it, write down one name. One name, you put it on your laptop. Every day you open your laptop, the fellow name on there. Is this person important to you? Yes? No? Important or not? Important, put his name there. Doesn't work, put another name. Two names, three names, four names, five names, six names. Is it important to you? If it's important to you, it appears there. How come you have a post-it for your work, you don't have a post-it for people? Do it. Make it a part of your life.
this uh, today my cell group has about maybe eight nine people. I'm not that big. Almost everybody in the cell group uh, is either a colleague or an ex-colleague. So I tell you, it works. Almost everybody in my cell, the fellows who are not, in, who are not uh, already multiplied, split off into another cell already. You want to try? You try. You make it. You take it. Take it seriously. You tell yourself, I am committed. This is my appointed time, this is my appointed place. I am the man, I am the king, I am the queen of the place where God has placed me. This is the good work that God has prepared in advance for me to do. And I have the authority. And if I don't make that authority, and if I don't say this is the time that God gave me the authority for, then I am abdicating and somebody else will do the job for me. And you do this small thing. You make a list. Ten people I meet for lunch. Every month, okay, let's say you cannot meet people every week. Nah. Once a month, you meet people for lunch. You should have January, I meet this person. February, I meet this person. Write it down. Stick it down there. Put your on your laptop or whatever it is that you look in the first place. If you really hate, if you don't have laptop, only look at phone, make sure that that is your... What's, what, what's my picture? My, my picture is this doll nah, that says Jesus. Right? So if you don't want, if you think, if, if, you, if you feel that you don't have post it, and put the first name on there. Lah. A bit creepy, I know, but never mind. <laughs> Since it's a bit creepy, you make sure you have four or five names, and people think, don't think they're stalking you. You're stalking the person. Lah. Four or five names, whatever. If it is important to you, do it. So I want you at the start, right? This, my sharing today, uh, not just words. It is what? Call to action. Call to action. Guys, go away from this. Not words. A call to action. Do something. Today. Now is the time. Go back from this. Eat your lunch. Back your posit. Go back from this. You want to do posit? Fine. Go, go, go out from this. Take your lunch. Make your next lunch appointment with somebody you want to bless. Okay, I ask everybody to bow their heads and we pray. Lord, I know that today your word to us is this call to action. Lord, you tell us, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are white for harvest. You tell us the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. If you are willing to say, Today I will take up this call to action, then with all heads bowed, no one looking around, count of three, you put up your hand and say, Yes, I commit. Not before, not before the other people standing here, but before you, I say, I am going to answer this call to action. Okay, so I'm going to count one, two, three. One, two, three. You put up your hand if you are, if you tell yourself, today I'm going to take action. It's not going to be just words anymore. Lord, I thank you for so many hands that have been put up. I 
thank you for so many hands that we put up. Lord, the laborers are willing. The laborers are willing. I thank you, Jesus, Holy Spirit, bless each one of them. Bless everybody who has committed in his heart. Say, yes, I will fulfill my destiny in you. I will claim the victory that, Lord, you have won for me already. Lord, bless them in their workplaces. Bless them in their homes. Let them know that every challenge they face, because they walk with you, as, as, as your word promises, you will see them through. You will see them through. You will bless them. They will be blessed as they go out. They will be blessed as they come in. And they will see your harvest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to do one more prayer and then we will close. Can I just invite everyone to stand? Just close this time. Lord, always in a crowd like this, um, there will definitely be some of us who are struggling. There will definitely be some of us who struggle in our faith. And maybe there's someone here who feel that you have drifted from the Lord, who feel that you've let God down. But you know, it's written in Joshua chapter 5 that God spoke to Israel and said, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Israel, of Egypt. I've rolled away the shame of the past. And today God wants you to know that He has never let you go. That you were always His beloved. You were always His precious one. You are not the prodigal. You are the beloved son and daughter of His. So every eye closed. I'm not going to ask you to put out any hands. But if there's someone here today, you know you've drifted from the Lord. And you, and I tell you today, the Lord is calling you back home. I just invite you, every eye closed. And today you say, God, God is calling me back home and God is reminding me that I have a purpose in life. God is reminding me of His love. I just want you to just open your eyes and look at me as an acknowledgement. And you say, God, I'm coming back to you. I see your eyes. Anyone else? Just look at me. I see your eyes as well. And I just want to pray for these people who responded. Father, you see their hearts. I thank you. You are the good shepherd who leaves the 99 and goes after the one. God, I thank you that you are the shepherd who loves the one and lays down his life for that one sheep. So God, we thank you today. Lord, there is restoration as sons and daughters are returning home to the Father. So God, I just want to pray right now and just release your blessings over everyone who is here. There are some of us who are struggling with work problems. The Lord says, my arm is not too short to deliver you. If you are struggling and you say, God, I'm needing a breakthrough. I want you right now just to lift up your hands and say, God, I receive my breakthrough. I see your hands. Just say, God, I receive my breakthrough. Be unto you according to your faith. And right now, Lord, we just see every hand here. We say right now, we release the breakthrough in the name of Jesus. Some of us are contending for the salvation of our spouses, our loved ones, our children. The Lord knows and the Lord loves them more than we do. And so, Father, I thank you for today's message. It's a call to action that you have appointed us for such a time as this. And today, we declare, God, that you're doing something new in our lives. And we declare, God, that, Lord, your will is going to be done on earth as it is in heaven, in our lives, in our homes, and in our workplaces as well. 
So Father, I thank you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you. The Lord bless you with His shallow peace. The Lord protect you from harm and danger. The Lord put His seal of love around you and let you know that He is always with you. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper because the Lord your God goes before you. So Father, I thank you and we declare your glory in this place, your goodness in each and every one of our lives here. And we thank you and all God's people say, Amen. Let us give God a praise offering. Thank you so much for coming today. Like, I'm going to tell you very quickly in one minute. You know, God is doing something in Singapore. I want to say this. God is doing something in Singapore. 1978 was the year Billy Graham, Dr. Billy Graham came to the National Stadium and gave a word over Singapore. Singapore, you are the Antioch of Asia. You are the mission apostolic sending base of Asia. God has a purpose for Singapore. And your purpose is caught up in that greater purpose for Singapore. And God is stirring something in this nation right now. I was just yesterday at a meeting where they called together all the prayer groups in Singapore. And God is saying and releasing this word again that something is going to happen. I just believe it. Ever since our Jubilee Day of Prayer, 55,000 Christians gathering, something is changing in this nation. And we are part of it. Church, I want to invite you. You are part of it. You are the church in the marketplace that's going to bring revival into this nation. You know, there are many people have prophesied over this place that they have seen visions of fish jumping out of the Singapore River and turning into people. A prophetic vision of how there's going to be a great harvest out of this place. Do you know that in the 1930s, just down the road at Thurlow Iron Methodist Church, Dr. John Sun, the great revivalist, the John Wesley of the East, he preached the gospel in that small Chinese church. He preached the gospel so much just down the road there that the Bible press in Singapore ran out of Bibles. So many people came to faith. So many churches burned out of this place. And you know where we are standing right now? This place outside the road there is called Cross Street. In front of us is called Church Street. On the left is called Market Street. The marketplace, the church and the cross converging. And I'm telling you, you are right in the center of it. And be assured the Lord has a purpose for you. Right, so can I just invite you as we, we end this place, turn to your neighbor and say, God has a purpose for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much for coming. I do invite you. Let's give us your, your feedback. You join us for the next uh, prayer.